Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of the Backmarkers F1 Show, episode 64, recapping the Italian Grand Prix, and it's Forza Ferrari after Forza this Italian Ferrari. Grand Prix. Forza Ferrari. No, no, not Sebastian. Ooh, ouch. Oof. Don't go there just yet, please. <laughs> it's too early, too early. <laughs> yeah, a little too early still. Um, great to have you all along here, Chris, Tyler, and Shaker all here to recap this race for you, and I'm very proud to say another good race on the trot yeah, what is that I like know. six i was just talking to my buddy today and i'm like after france i don't think we've had a bad race this year in the calendar no. there hasn't been like a race that i've like almost fell asleep for knock on wood <laughs> yeah the knock on wood no i think it's this one right knock on wood there right yeah it's a um <laughs> it's a tale of kind of two two halves of the season right the first half was pretty brutal boring and now the second half of the season has been pretty exciting so yeah, I mean, take the first eight races out of out of the uh, equation, and we have a title fight on our hands. But yeah, uh, seriously, we we actually we still don't. Even though after all this exciting racing, still no title fight. Still Lewis. Uh, yeah, though he dropped three points to Valtteri, so I guess watch out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last two five. points actually, he got the fastest lap. Correct. So it was only two points. So it last really five races, though, he's the uh, the largest point scorer. I think he's uh, he has ninety seven. Hamilton I think. still? Yeah, Hamilton. Yeah. Wow. So. I mean, it shows uh, that'll come in, in our power rankings uh, post-Italian uh, Grand Prix after this episode. And uh, we kind of explain as to why he's always ranked either one or two. Because even when he doesn't win the race or he doesn't do so well, somehow he just always finds to extend his championship. So He's a consistent man. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And it's also interesting, the dynamic of the last couple of races where since Austria, it's kind of been the story of Max Verstappen. And now it's shifted to where it's the story of Charles Leclerc. Yeah. So we'll see where the next couple of races will go and whether that will go back to Hamilton or... Well, if the young person trend continues, uh, George Russell was due <laughs> next. Possibly Lando Norris Lando after Norris. that. Yeah. Alex, Alex Albon. Albon will get a win in there somewhere. <laughs> kind of. He's had it already, sort of. But So, yeah, it's been really exciting. And, um, yeah, we'll get all into it. And I guess we'll start like we try and do in chronological order, trying to remember... All the events of the race. Should we start with qualifying? Yes, that was actually the first thing. <laughs> I was messaging about you, you guys about this on Saturday because yeah. the most embarrassing Q3 qualifying I've ever seen. So they did this in NAS. This happened this year in NASCAR. That exact same thing where no one or like one person made the line or no one made the line um, in this in that time formula because they kind of shifted to the same qualifying sta standards as F1. And they immediately, immediately changed the rules. <laughs> right, <laughs> the next race, they changed the rules to qualifying. Um, and I forget what it is now, but anyways. Um, so, yeah, so I would expect either either that they, they just outsparted themselves or that, you know, maybe there could be a slight rule change from the FIA. I don't know what rule they would change, though. They have to be out by the one-minute mark. That or you could go back to old-school qualifying minutes. where you keep Q2 and Q1 and Q2 the way it is, but Q3, it's a one-lap shootout, so one driver on the track, you get one chance, and that's it. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Because that's how they used to do it. They used to all be waiting in the pits, watching whoever was out on track. And I think, in, in my opinion, it would build the excitement more because you'd see, like, Lewis Hamilton who set the benchmark, and then we can just focus on Charlotte Claire's lap. Now we don't really get to see the pole lap because we're focusing on, you know, X, yeah. Y, and Z car, right. where you know, the car behind is setting the fastest lap, which we don't get to see only when he crosses the line. So I think that would be more exciting and we would avoid stupid situations like this. Yeah. I mean, you always have silly situations that lead to something, right? So 
Yeah, I don't know. It could be interesting. But would they would get would they would get a warm up lap, right? To get their tires yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like yeah, like they do now, you get your tires ready, but it's just that one chance in Q three. Q two Q one, Q two, I think we don't really have that problem because no. there's enough time for guys to get out. But yeah, it was just ridiculous. And like we sometimes will get comments like, Oh, like you guys don't know what you're talking about. All the millions of dollars that goes into F one and they couldn't even get their cars out in time to qualify, so they don't know what they're talking about. They don't either. know what's going on over there. It was crazy. It was crazy. I, I, I was surprised there wasn't one guy that like a, a tandem that went out like a, a Sainz and Norris, yeah. or something like that. I don't, the Norris no one did. No, Norris didn't. But you know what I mean, like a, a, a teammates to do I that. I think Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas went out at one point by the together, right? In the first run, In yeah. The first run, yeah. yeah. But that's you, you bring up a good point because if you're the Renaults, for example, or if you're Lance Stroll. Like, Lance Stroll didn't have anybody to tow him anyway, so why don't you just go out early? Yeah. Or, like, let's say Ferraris, for example, because here's where the whole Sebastian Vettel thing kind of ties in because his frustration, I think, started on Saturday. So he was supposed to get the tow the second run. He he gave the tow in the first run, which is why his time wasn't as good because he had no slipstream. And the second run, when Leclerc kind of played a little head games there and didn't really go ahead of Sebastian... He was kind of frustrated by that. But if you were Ferrari, why don't you just go out 30 seconds a minute before? You're still going to get the tow with the two cars, and you're going to have an open track. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't see what the point was waiting till the absolute last second, and then everybody comes out at once. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just silly from everyone. So uh, at least it's over. Uh, we had a not silly race. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But it was just, you know, when they're going down – like going through the grid at the start of the race, it's like P seven no time set, P eight no time set. And yeah, it's like what is going on? <laughs> and if like, someone didn't watch qualifying and tune in, they'd be like, "What is going on here?" And as the old saying goes, you have to be, you know, if you want to win the lottery, you have to buy the ticket. That's true. Yeah. So you can talk about the slipstream effect all you want, but if you don't set a time, forget about it. Yeah, it doesn't matter what slipstream you were looking for. Exactly, and it screwed guys like Lance Stroll, for example, who could have maybe started P seven, P six being a little optimistic but Alex Albon too probably could have started higher and obviously Vettel could have maybe got on the front row with the yeah. with Charles Leclerc himself so yeah I'm glad that's over but the the kind of stupidity of some of the teams spoiled over into Sunday when Alfa Romeo set the wrong tires on Kimi Raikkonen's car yeah yeah I don't know how you do that like how do you screw that up obviously you made it to Q3 it, maybe it was just a miscommunication between the stewards and the, and the team, but I, I, I agree. I, I don't, don't think know. there's I, any they, way that that's that should happen. Yeah, they they said that they were they weren't sure of the rule uh, of starting in the pit lane, the the pit lane start procedure. But then ask someone. Yeah, like it's like if we're confused about the pit lane start procedure, it's going to be a difficult for us maybe to find yeah. out. We're going to have to Google search it. You're right there in the grid. Just go ask somebody wearing an FIA shirt, like. If if I you were working in the FIA, I were just talking to be like, oh yeah, by the way, can we start on fresh tires yeah, for like, Kimi? Uh, or yeah. No. <laughs> like, okay, thanks, <laughs> <You> man. <idiot. laughs> I I just don't understand it. Like all that money and all the experts and the data analysis. Like, how do you get that wrong? There's something in the air at Monza this week. It was just. You expect that maybe in Belgium after the summer break, right? But, but yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, it was crazy. I mean, so what was it? He got a ta- did he get a stop and go or a ten second stop and go? I think he got ago? a ten second stop and go. Yeah. yeah. So that ruined his race. He already somewhat ruined it though in qualifying and and uh, in practice as well. He crashed the same corner. Yeah, Not exactly. Not the greatest weekend for Raikkonen. No, especially no. after his performance last year at Monza. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. tune into our power rankings because Kimi drops. Quite a few places. In no, our I don't spoil it. <laughs> uh, it's just a little teaser. It just shows people out there that they're going to have to watch our power rankings. 
which will be dropping after this video. So stay tuned. All right, so getting into the race events, and we got to talk about our boy Max Verstappen. He's been a little quiet post-summer break. Obviously, he had the crash in Belgium, had the engine penalties here, and then kind of just made a weird mistake. I I didn't see it because, the first of all, when they went to show the race restart replays, the replay... They kept guy, on jumping yeah, to other they people. They never showed the actual like yeah. full clips. Um, I actually watched it today. And it seemed like he just missed the turn. Yeah. And he, he just kind of broke just, yeah. just misjudged yeah. it. It broke his front wing. Yeah. Um, had to box after that. I think that he lap. just went right over the curb and went right into uh, whatever that area is called. Turn um, one and two. Yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I don't know, he didn't really make much of an impact. Yeah, he finished P8, but it wasn't one of those storming Verstappen drives from the back of the grid like we've seen in the past couple seasons. No, you think that would have to do with him having to go on tires early in the race and then struggling at the end of the race to when he could really could have made his push. Um, so I mean, a, a mistake at the beginning of the race really cost him the whole race. It wasn't a big push, but if I think if you compare it to he almost got sort of the same time penalties as Vettel, I think it was a pretty good performance. Not like fantastic, like you guys said, not like a Max Verstappen performance that we usually see, but... In terms of that, I think it was pretty well done. I know Vettel had a lot more to deal with in the uh, later half of the race. Max kind of made his way through at the beginning, so it was a little bit different different situation, but I thought it wasn't too bad. He still scored points, so yeah, it was, yeah. at the end of the day, kind of damage control, but I'm just remembering to, I think it was 2018 at the U.S. Grand Prix where I think he came from um, way back in the grade, like 18 to 5th, something yeah. like that, and he's had a couple of those in, in Russia as well, so... Yeah, he was a little bit quiet, and, and like I said at the top of the show, Charles Leclerc kind of stealing that thunder a little bit from, from Max, who really kind of through no fault of his own in, in, well, a little bit through fault of his own in the first two races with, with those small mistakes, um, resulting in the DNF in Belgium, and then this kind of, uh, but again, when you're starting at the back of the grid, you can't really expect for much uh, results at the front, so uh, yeah, that was that. And after the Verstappen crash, you kind of get into the rhythm of the race. And not long after that, I think, what was it, maybe the 10th or 11th lap? Again, thanks to TSN, by the way, who's always in commercial. I know. The best it's times. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, honestly, like, that's – people are just going to start streaming it illegally because you just can't stand commercials. Well, right? like, I always fast-forward through the commercial. And I, like, could see in the top corner because in Canada, they, what they do is they have commercials in the bottom half of the corner and then, like, in this little tiny square up top – they have the race that's going on, so you can still kind of see what's going on. It's tiny. Um, and I, I saw like I saw a yellow flag pop up as I'm flashing as I'm fast forward. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> so I had to like completely rewind and like looking, like squinting to see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. and, like, I couldn't believe my eyes. I thought it was a small screen. That's why everything was going <laughs> on. But no, it was Vettel was actually just being an idiot. Yeah, I saw I saw it the same way too. I saw a red car spin. And you can't see the number, but you're just like, oh, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> right, here goes, yeah. Yeah. And then, oh, my God, exactly. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I know we've praised Vettel at times on this yeah. show, and we've been called Vettel fanboys or Ferrari fanboys, whatever the term is. But just a completely stupid move on his part to re-enter the track that way. And I really think that the 10-second penalty I agree with. Yeah. Quite frankly, a harsher penalty, too. I don't know what else they could have given. Maybe they just black flagged him in, in that sense. I would have been okay with that as well. The reason why I say that is because when you look at the crash that could have happened, it was similar to the F2 crash that 
you know, took yeah. Antoine Hubert's life was a not T-bone. as big of a sp- uh, no. not as high of a speed. Correct, but still, but it would still. have been a T-bone yes. impact to to the side of the driver there. Both stroll, both uh, well, Vettel would have been hit. Well, that or his stroll launch over the nose of him, right, and go absolutely. Yeah, flying, so, very lucky to escape that circumstance. For yeah, sure. stroll yeah. was smart uh, to keep his head up <laughs> for about five seconds. <laughs> yes. For about five seconds. For about five seconds. Yes. <laughs> But it, to, to avoid that collision, but uh, I guess he must have been flustered as well, and then well made the, the exact kind of same well the exact same mistake Vettel did and ran through the track. The best way to voice your frustration is to show it, right? That's so true. Yeah. This is exactly what he did. <laughs> he's like, he got onto his engineer. He's like, man, this idiot just jumped out in front of me. His engineer was like, what? I didn't see it. Like, oh, let me show you. Yeah. <laughs> lights up the rear exactly and like and, this. And you know, Pierre Gasly saw probably saw what happened to Stroll. And he's like, what the heck? And then I has Stroll do the same thing to him. He's like, what is going on <laughs> <Yeah>. here? Poor Pierre Gasly was a passenger and all that. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, did a good job to, you know, somewhat somewhat escape. Not, not yeah, got the gravel. Yeah. That was it. Well, and I think it shows, too, when you've got experienced F1 drivers, you can kind of avoid a bigger accident. Because, again, the fact that Stroll was able to continue in the race, Pierre Gasly as well, it could have ended mm-hmm. a lot worse Yeah, could have for, for all three of them. But what did you think of Stroll getting only a drive-through versus the 10-second for Vettel? I was fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't make contact with another driver. Yeah, and I think... He didn't go right into a race. uh, He did go into a racing line, I guess. But it it was more... I I found Vettel's was more dangerous than Lance's. He he made another driver spin out and almost hit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think the contact had to do a lot with it. The contact, yeah. Yeah. I believe that was the deciding factor. Like Shaker said, that Vettel caused it. So yeah. Stroll, again, it it is difficult because you sit so low in the car. It's it's tough to see. Well, that's when you need you. your engineer saying, "Don't go, don't go, don't go, go." Yeah. Right. Or you have a spot like in NASCAR. You have a spotter. Uh, yeah. Still, your engineer needs to be going. They have the, the the analytics of where cars are on the track. Yeah, they have exactly. the track map. Like they can, they know where the cars are. Each car is. That's how they find the gaps. Sadly, and they also had like different camera angles to see what the, where they are on the track as yeah. well so and i still do believe that it's it's up to vettel to as best as he can re-enter the track safely which again he didn't um yeah it is hard to see but still i mean because can't well, just... i think they were saying the way that he was positioned on the track there's no way that he can turn his head like left to right the like yeah, completely to look over as it, well again that's why the, the you should have no i, I agree with the... you exactly no they need blinkers on f1 cars oh. <laughs> shoulder check <laughs> <laughs> signal and then turn. Didn't Blind he go spot. to driver school? Come on, Seb. Come on. <laughs> Clearly he didn't, right? I don't think so. I don't <laughs> know what German driving schools are. I don't know. Drive <laughs> as fast as you can on the Autobahn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In no a straight yeah. line. <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in the spin. I mean, let's talk about the spin. We've seen this a lot of times in the last two years, but in wheel-to-wheel contact, and now he just loses the rear off at the exit of turn nine, and yeah, I mean, he he just explained it as simply as, I just lost the rear. It didn't seem like there was a technical issue with the car. My guess or, or suspicion would be that he's just trying to overdrive that car because he lost a place on the opening lap. He's already in fourth place. He's trying to push hard to catch Valtteri, and he just overdrives and make that mistake and just loses the rear easily. I really like that's been a lot of Sebastian Vettel mistakes this year, though. Overdrive. But also, yeah. Yeah, I think so. But also have led to some great drives, like with Germany and yeah. doing what he did, like with Fertara last week. So true, true. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Only he knows in his head why he's kind of struggling like this. But 
I would probably say it's his most toughest weekend of his F1 career. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say it's up there. To watch your well, teammate, I don't know. Canada's pretty tough <laughs> this year. I think no, this is way tougher. I think yeah. that I think he had a good performance, and it was just taken away from him. Where like he just didn't have a good performance right. entire, this entire weekend, you know. And also, Lewis won that race, and and it's it's the Canadian Grand Prix. No offense to the Canadian Grand Prix, mm-hmm. but this is Monza. This is the Italian Grand yeah. Prix. And then to, I mean, he's been a Ferrari driver for five years, hasn't won the Italian Grand Prix. This is Leclerc's first year, first Monza, first Italian Grand Prix with Ferrari. And he goes out and wins it. Yeah. And also, I'm, kudos to his Italian. He spoke very well right after the in the post uh, post race interview. Leclerc or Vettel? Leclerc. Leclerc. Yeah, he's, he's fluent. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. impressive. And crazy. Um. So I think that that's why it's just so tough for him because we were talking about this before that <laughs> we might change our opinion about the Dutch fans versus the Tifosi. No offense, Holland. That you're. They're, I think they're they mostly were still Max there, fans. though. They were still they there. They were. They were. But I mean, the commentators were even saying that the uh, Dutch fans are still out here loud. So. I think the Tifosi fans, though, reminded us on why they were, you know, they or they are or they were, whatever you want to say, the best fans in F1 just because of the celebration oh that happened God. afterwards. They're partying the next day in the streets of Milan and um, a kind of rejuvenation in that city and that country for racing almost uh, – to see the the young buck come in and give him some hope, so um, we saw the passion come out, which was nice to see in Italian Grand Prix. Make we were talking about how you know, now that's that's one of the races that is on the bucket list for sure. Oh yeah. hell yeah, yeah! But I'm sure. sure we'll see the same at the Dutch Grand Prix oh, next year 100%. too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's they're both great. I, I think people in the comments also made this distinction where the Dutch fans have really come along the last couple of years because of Max, so they're yeah. really behind their guy. Whereas the Tifosi are more fans of, first of all, the sport, but also like Ferrari is a culture, right? Yeah, you right. know what I that's mean? That's true. And they're supporting their country and their heritage. I mean, 90 years of Ferrari, that's that's an yeah, incredibly that's a long, long time. time. Yeah. So it's it's a way of life. I mean, you see like old older Italian men, like 67-year-olds, men, they're like crying when the national anthem's going on. Yeah. Uh, Mattia Bonotto is taking video yeah. on his phone. Like that you don't cool. see that often. And no other team or driver gets that winning a constructor's home race. Like, Mercedes won in Germany, and it's like, okay. Renault. It was a pretty big one in Austria last year for Red Bull when they won at home after, I think, for the first yep. time there. Over the, um, oh, my God, I'm forgetting the track name right now. The Red Bull Red race. Bull ring. Yeah. Red Bull ring. It's the first time they won there. So, Yeah, it's just a difference, and I think that that's what's so special about winning there. I can't imagine what it's like standing on the top step of that podium, oh, listening crazy. to your own national anthem and then the Italian national anthem. And there's just so Maybe many the people. Two fun, most fun combo of anthems. Yeah. Monaco so. and Italian. Yeah, I forgot yeah, the German the combo. <laughs> yeah. No, the Monaco. I mean, the entire good. stage was really well done too. Yeah. How it kind of like floated above everybody yeah, else. It's like yeah. known is yeah. like the best kind of podium in F1. Um, just I want to throw this out, just because we're talking about fans. Just imagine the the crazy scenario if Max Verstappen became a Ferrari driver, and the Dutch fans plus the Tifosi fans as a, like a group. Oh my God! Holy, man. that would be something. Would they be wearing orange or red? <laughs> what does orange and red make? Is it just like a lighter red? It's a red orange. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Orange orange. <laughs> Or they do half like pants or red. I don't. I think it'd be crazy. Orange. Oh my god, I that think it would, would be, be something. That would take over F one. 
It would have to. I'd be, I'd be but then pre-air. McLaren fans would would kind of you know you wouldn't know if they're Dutch fans or Ferrari they're fans or McLaren d- fans. Well, Chris and I were talking about this last week. They have to make themselves blue at this point to like to yeah. differentiate. Yeah, they got to do something at now. But that's a really interesting interesting thought. Like, what what would what they would do? happen? It'd be pandemonium in Monza, it, it especially, right? If Monza Max were to crazy. win, if Max <laughs> a Ferrari driver in Monza, oh my god, as a Ferrari driver, yeah, that'd be. Or even if he wins at home as a Ferrari driver, yeah. Either or mm-hmm. would be crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's all. I wish we had like two Italian Grand Prix. <laughs> cool. Yeah, but it would, nothing would feel as cool as Monza. Yeah, that's it? true. And it's been such a long time. It's been ten years almost since their last win. Yeah, yeah. 2010. 2010 since yeah. Fernando Alonso. And it, yeah, Alonso was at the Grand Prix, but he was not there for the celebration. He left right away after yeah. the race. <laughs> Didn't even want not much to celebrate for McLaren at this race. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get a little bit more into uh, Charles Leclerc uh, in, in a couple minutes. Just wrapping up on the on the rest of the events that happened in the race. Let's talk about the. Uh, oh, actually, just going back on the Sebastian Vettel spin, uh, he's been handed three penalty penalty points on his super license, so he's three points away from a race ban. Wow! Wow! So pretty much one more major incident similar to this, and he's banned for a race. So now Who some of those would, points okay. do come off. Who's this? Now he's sorry. Didn't interrupt. Um, just who would replace him if he were oh. be replaced for a race? Who's their reserve driver right now? Is it Mick? No, I don't think. I think Brendan Hartley's doing some testing, like uh, in simulator work for them. Were they bring Kimi Raikkonen up for a race? Mm. That's a really good question. Yeah. Who That'd would they bring up for a race if Sebastian Vettel got a race ban? I'm not sure. <laughs> it would, I, I think it'd be I don't think it would be Mick because he doesn't have a whole lot of I don't even think he has a super license yet. Oh, he doesn't. Okay. Well, so Um, so I I believe it would have to be their reserve driver, which I'm not sure who I is right now. I don't know right who now. that. Let me look it up right now. Okay, well, I say you one of us will look it up. Yeah. So we'll check that, but I know that they've had a couple of guys come through in the past couple of years as like sim and reserve drivers. Yeah. I don't know if Brendan Hartley's on because they're still he's doing a WEC. I think he would leave that to come to. Oh, for sure. <laughs> what? A Ferrari C? Yeah, see you later. It's only one race, right? But still, you maybe want somebody. I, yeah, uh, that would be very interesting. <laughs> Bring back one of the heritage drivers. Like, put, like, Jean Alesi in. Did you see Jean Alonso Alesi waving back? the flag? Yeah. He oh, almost, he, like, fell he into the fell. track. <laughs> he was so pumped. Yeah, he was like, ah. that was awesome. And if you guys haven't seen the 90s celebrations in Milan that happened on Wednesday, oh, Crazy. my God. So... It says Pascal Werlein and oh, Brendan Pascal Hartley. Pascal Verline. Really? Verline. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, and then Brendan Hartley are the reserve and third drivers and test drivers. There you Pascal go. Pascal Verline. So I think it would be Verline. Oh, it would be Verline. Uh, That's not that exciting. Oh, no offense. I, we like Pascal, but I was hoping it was somebody. Hey, imagine Pascal Verline comes in and wins the race. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Veto sitting on the pit wall. He's like, oh. all right, well, I guess I just don't drive anymore. Veroline has B1, more wins. B1, Pascal, B1. <laughs> Veroline has more wins. And then Veroline gets to hear the German and then the... Yeah, and the Italian anthems. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, man. Oh, Scenes. You, you're giving Seb nightmares. Yeah, He's about be. to fall over this table right now. <laughs> he is. Poor guy. Uh, so that's interesting. So keep an eye on that. Like I said, I think some of those points might come off because I think it's a year... Uh, grace period and then they they're they've de- they're deducted again but when was the, the points added was it for canada and then for this or yeah. was there an incident last year well it's probably incidents stemming from last year still that that are on his license so um yeah but interesting three points away hmm. so keep it keep an eye out for that 
Okay, let's get into the the Leclerc and Hamilton battle because this was similar to the Max uh, versus Charles battle in Austria with different circumstances, different outcomes as well. But my opinion of it, especially the incident itself going into uh, the chicane, was that good, hard, fair racing. Did Charles Leclerc leave him room? No, not really, but I think that he left him enough room to to be able to still race and, and try and make an overtake. And I actually kind of agree with what the stewards are starting to do with the black and white flag, giving the quote unquote yellow card to the drivers. But I just think that that there's no way that that should be a penalty. And the racing was good. It was fair. And it's exactly what we need. I think for once this year, the stewards were perfect in that scenario. Oh, I agree. Black and white flag is all you needed there. And you sent your message across hey, we didn't like what you did, but it wasn't really worthy of a penalty. Don't do it again. We'll give you a penalty. Yeah. Message was heard. Charles changed his, his tactic. Black and white flag used properly. That's what the flag's there for. And I think since the Austrian Grand Prix, I think the stewards have been a little bit more fair to towards the race, uh, racers and uh, for all these races because I think there's, like you said, I think that was the perfect call. He gave him enough room to go by. Lewis Hamilton couldn't do anything out of it. So, you know, they that's he was kind of stuck there in that position um but yeah no i I agree there's there's nothing there's nothing else charlotte claire could have done in that situation what did you think of hamilton's comments post-race when he said that it seems that the younger drivers are getting sort of they're catching more of a break in terms of these wheel-to-wheel battles and and racing He, he said something similar along those lines that the younger guys are sort of maybe getting judged a little bit different than they're getting away with more than the more experienced ones, which I found was a pretty interesting comment to say. Because I don't really agree. I don't yeah. really agree with Sebastian that. Sebastian Bell got a race win taken from him. That was the first thing that came to my mind because all the time when you know Hamilton was complaining in this scenario, I'm like, well, dude, you were on the pretty good end of a bad penalty call in Canada. Yeah. And I, I don't agree with it because I think the younger drivers sometimes tend to get looked at differently than the more experienced ones because they just don't have that respect yet. Yeah. But I think that in this case, it's like you said, in Austria, they took them like, what, three, four hours to make that decision whether there will be a penalty. And they didn't make that penalty. And I think since then that they've learned that, okay, that we can police this in a different way. We don't have to hand out a five-second penalty like they did in Canada and ruin yeah. the whole race. Yeah. In that scenario, they could have give, given Vettel a black and white black flag, and white right? Flag. Hey, you made a mistake. We didn't like what you did. I think the way you summed it up was perfect, but... Don't do it again. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what it is in soccer, right? The yeah, yellow card. Well, exactly. You do that again, you're out. Yeah. So I, I completely agree that that's the way that we should go forward. And I, to, I don't know. Some people were not happy with the stewarding. I think that this was probably one of the better races. I think the stewards were on top of every call. They got mm. the Kimi tires right. Yeah. <laughs> they were a hawk with that one. I didn't even think of that, so that's pretty good with that. No, yeah, the commentators that. didn't mention it either yeah. until... Oh, they didn't know to like 15 or 20 laps in or something. It was pretty late. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I, I think that this is a step forward in the right direction. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen likes the black and white flag. I mean, if Kimi Raikkonen likes it... I was going to say, we're pretty much good if Kimi Raikkonen <laughs> likes <laughs> this rule. Like, yeah, did, did he say that? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it was. I was reading an article that uh, he support he supported uh, that that system because they used to have it a long time ago. Yeah, and they haven't been using it for a number of years. So if this is something new that Michael Massey and the FIA have brought in, then I'm all for it. Yeah, because again, when you look at that Leclerc incident, he didn't really leave a car's width, but again, but he didn't like he's defending it. into his into his path, mm-hmm. you know, like right, and he's defending the position for yeah. the race win. I mean. 
you're gonna he rub wheels. He was ahead. He was ahead. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's lots of things you can say to those those instincts. And wasn't it funny or, or kind of interesting when the battle continued? Leclerc mis uh, misjudged the braking zone into turn one, and he kind of went over the curb, rejoined the track. And yeah. did anybody else get like PTSD? Yeah, I was just that? like, I was like, damn, was what like, are they gonna do here? Oh though? no, I thought I was like, oh, there's a five second penalty. Right. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. I'm like, what are the stewards gonna do here? Like, are they gonna give it to him and just ruin his entire race? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, where have I seen this before? <laughs> yeah. um, but then Leclerc was able to, and uh, we keep talking about how impressed we are by him, but able to sustain the pressure from a five-time, about to be six-time world champion, and then forced him into a mistake. Yeah. And ultimately, that's what led to Leclerc just driving to a, a fairly comfortable win in the last yeah. five to seven laps. And I think Valtteri Bottas fucked, messed up his last <laughs> lap. <laughs> Black and white flag. <laughs> black and white flag. He got a black and white flag today, too. Did I? Yeah. So one more, and I get, what, one a 10-second stop band. and go? <laughs> race band. Um, but, um, yeah, as you say. Like, la- his last lap, go, uh, as soon as get, yeah, just couldn't get the right drive, and I think that was the last moment. I think uh, Tito, uh, Toto Wolf was even just like, no. Well, I guess that's gone, then. <laughs> yeah. Why did I let go of Ocon? <laughs> I wonder what, as a driver, because, I mean, you probably see that. Like, what do you think in that case? You're like, fuck, man. <laughs> Damn it. There goes my <laughs> race penalty. <laughs> race bad. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm just like, what do you think in that scenario to see your boss just that disappointed? Yeah, it's I don't know. Be. I mean, put up a good fight. Just again, like you said, That's made twice that this year we've seen Total Will pissed off. We, we never see him pissed off. First time at Germany at Valtteri Botas. Wow. Yeah. Now. That's twice at Valtteri. Well, he has a contract for next year. Yeah. So he's, gonna be <laughs> he's like, good. Yeah, he's I don't good. care. <laughs> true, true. I can mess up all I want. <laughs> yeah. I got a contract. Yeah. So I w- that's an impressive drive from from McLaren. And that Ferrari engine, man. Oh, my God. Mercedes couldn't do anything on the straights. No. no. And it's difficult to overtake in other areas of the track. But they, even with DRS, and they had this, they had the slipstream as well. They couldn't yeah, do anything. True. So. And, and finally, I mean, this is what the second race in a row Ferrari's called the strategy, right? To they go on the, that. on the hard tire, knowing that they're not going to last in the mediums, was yeah. a brilliant call. And Hamilton's tires didn't last, so we saw that. Yeah. You know, massive blisters. Yeah. Yeah. And and Ferrari saw it in the Friday free practice; it wasn't going to work for them. So, good to make that call because in the end, like the long term game, it worked out for them well. In the short term, Leclerc had to had to defend, but yeah, I think it was a really good really good race from him. Yeah. And and his second win in a row, so. And it, I, I just think it was after last weekend really nice to see him enjoy this victory. Mm-hmm. And at such a big stage. Oh yeah, too. he he really enjoyed that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, we'll get back onto Leclerc, but just another couple of things in the race. Where did that pace from Renault come from? Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know. They've done something right this week, and uh, I don't know where it's been the, all the rest of the season, but somehow they've managed to pull it off. Yeah, their setup was perfect this weekend. Danny Ricardo says it was pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah? He had like 10 pizzas throughout the week yeah, in Italy. Yeah, apparently he's, he said it was pizza. Oh, well, that's a Danny Rick. That's <laughs> pizza power. I like it. We they need, had... We need more Danny Rick. We haven't <laughs> had as much fun Danny Rick this year. I know. It's a shame, man. I miss seeing him. Like, And he's been pulling some good overtakes in that yeah. Renault in the last couple races. Mm-hmm. I miss seeing that at the front. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, very good drive from Renault. Somehow managed to pull it off. They looked a lot like they did last year. 
I was thinking of one of those top three crashes. Ricardo's got a. Podium. Oh, I was thinking the same. I was like, what? oh, one of these Mercedes could just blow an engine right now. It'd be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> have a nice little cheeky Ricardo Renault podium. Yeah, that would have <laughs> been awesome. I mean, they had good pace in Spa, and it, they couldn't necessarily convert it in the race. At least Ricardo didn't. But even in qualifying, they were setting like fastest first sectors. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were great. Fourth and fifth. They've launched up in the Constructors' Championship. They're still behind McLaren, but they're a bit closer now. So, I don't know. Hopefully, they figured out something. I think they finally Maybe. figured it out. I'm saying it now. Well, now we wrong. go to completely opposite track, though, in Singapore, yeah, where it's, like, it's all true. down for So, we'll see how it, how it plays out. Yeah. And just FYI, we have a Renault driver making their debut in our Backmarkers F1 Power Rankings. Who sure. will it be? One of the two. You're going to have to tune in to find out. There's only two. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, mighty impressive from from the boys in yellow. Um, And on the other side of things, Daniel Kvyat and Carlos Sainz. Unfortunate, disappointing run for them, Um, especially for Kvyat, who was in sixth. He was ahead of Albon at the time, Uh, and it was, uh, I believe, a power unit failure. And Carlos Sainz was a pit stop uh, mistake, so a loose wheel. I think it was the right front. Excuse me. Um, and they were both running in good positions. Carlos Sainz, the only guy that put in a flying lap in Q3 yeah. in the second run. So they were on for some good points. But, yeah, just uh, reliability again kicks in. Yeah, it's, it's the Alonso effect, isn't it? Yeah, it second is. unlucky week for up. Carlos Sainz. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is the second one, right? Yeah, yeah last second week in a row. But, again, not his fault. So, unfortunate for Carlos. And hopefully he can have a little bounce back in Singapore. Uh, not personally, but, you know, kind of the whole team. Yeah, I mean, he's had some. He's had a great year, and you yeah, know, to come back from the summer break and have two unlucky races, he needs to. I don't think he needs to come back. I think like McLaren as a team need a little push for the rest of the season, because even yeah. last week Lando had a great race and just couldn't make it to the end. And I think Lando had a pretty good race this week overall. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I was disappointed too with Racing Point because they could have had a really good haul of points. Had obviously. Oh. One issue went on their fault. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It wasn't their fault. The penalty that they took obviously was was Stroll's issue. But had not had Vettel not spun, I think that they would have been on for a double points finish. Mm-hmm. Perez the did Perez a good had job. had a really good race. Yeah, yeah, very good. And Lance Stroll got into Q3. First time this year. Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Something about Monza with Lance Stroll. He just loves he it. Likes, he likes Monza. It's his best track by far. And, well, um, Baku. Yeah. Well, he's the only, it's only, it's only podium. You have to say Baku, you know? Yeah, but I think that he's had more consistent performance this year, like more yeah. things that kind of st- stood out to me. That's but true. But yeah, Baku obviously with the podium. Um, but yeah, still with Perez starting at the back of the grid to get up, I think he pin- finished P7, w- was really good. So it seems like Racing Point starting to come in to their own in the second half of the season, which is a good push for the end. But it was nice to see Lance Stroll starting to kind of stretch his legs a little bit in that yeah. Racing Point. Yeah. Getting a little more comfortable towards the end of the season. For sure. Yeah, and that points battle between the two drivers, I think, will be close at the end of the year. I think if Lance Stroll can finish ahead of Sergio in in the driver's standings, it'll be a pretty good feather in his cap, as they say, going into 2020. So we'll see. The qualifying battle is (laughs) obviously sealed. Well, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not a huge difference. It's only an eight-point difference between them, so. Yeah, obviously Stroll had the huge haul in Germany with the P4. Yeah. Now Perez had uh, two good results in, in Belgium and now in Italy. So, uh, yeah, it should should be good for them. And uh, shout-out to uh, Antonio Giovinazzi, Italian driver, home race. Didn't P9. bin it. He didn't yeah. bin it. Did not. Yeah, did big not. comeback after last week, you know, after al- almost finishing the ra- race in the top 10 and then to come back and get a top 10 finish. It's good for him. 
Yeah, it, it was great. Great support. I love the Alfa Romeo livery as well that they put on, the special livery, which I hope they keep for the rest of the year. I think that should be Yeah, it was really well livery. done. Yeah. yeah. Nice. The driver suits were great as well. Um, a couple of great tribute helmets. Like Vettel had an amazing helmet. He kind of went like an old school back to when the drivers only used to use one helmet in pretty much a whole season. So like they were in the design, there were things that were scarred up or hmm. kind of looked like it was just worn and torn. So it was a really, really nice, nice. touch. He's Leonard got Norris. the best. Had a nice <laughs> Valentino Rossi tribute. And the boots. All weekend. The bucket hat was better though. Bucket yeah. hat and shirt were really good. Although Carlos Sainz didn't seem to agree. Did you well? No. Did you guys see the video earlier this week when he was playing with Max Verstappen on like a live simulator, and you can just hear Max on the headset? It's like, no. Lando, what the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's a Le- uh, Valentino Rossi connection, mate. It just got it. He's like, oh, man. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know if it was Max, but there was another highlight too on his little gaming channel of someone replayed. <laughs> His audio from his engine failing in Belgium. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was so soft. <laughs> Poor guy. It was so innocent. It was yeah, like it was. Again, he's he's ever more becoming my favorite driver on the yeah. Car. I was just saying with week me. to week he's, to he's week. It's there. just like, oh man, I love the guy. He has some great content. I'm excited to also see uh, Matt from WTF1 go out to London and scream about Oh, yeah. Thing, so. You did that today already. Yeah, yeah. but the video isn't out yet, though, oh, right? I thought it was. I'm not sure. Maybe oh, not. My, 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 it might be. Yeah, it might be What wrong. was the uh, tweet again? Um, he said something about not being a fa- uh, not being a fanboy, just being passionate. Oh. Yeah. But what is, he's just supposed to, what is he supposed to yell? He just, I think that's what he's oh, supposed, that's what to he's supposed to yell. Because yeah. I saw Leclerc responded to him. And he's like, oh, can't wait to see it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> now, because obviously he had to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's funny. I, it's so funny seeing drivers interact with Yeah, it shows YouTubers. that they're like little humans. Well, I think he's yeah. actually like, he, he he's matched out of Leclerc and Lando Norris as well. So Yeah, yes. well, Lando, I, I don't know if they know each other, but they've done a lot of videos with those like yeah. the, the young generation of, of formerly F2 drivers. Yeah. So, Actually, yeah. S- speaking of, did you guys see the Daniel Ricciardo Infinity commercial thing? Yes. No. <laughs> Matt, uh, Matt from WTF1 is in that one as well. Oh, but it's basically, great. it's them in, supposedly in Montreal. They say it's in Canada. Uh, but it's basically him like becoming uh, like an employee of Infinity. And it's basically him trying to become, like, employee of the month. And it's just him, like, taking a map from WTF1 on to, like, to try one of the Infinities. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go test it. And then he's, like, takes the keys away from him. He's like, no, I take, like, a much different approach when it comes to <laughs> testing. And it's just him just doing full, like, 360, like, burnouts just in the oh, parking yeah. lot. And he comes to work in his Renault F1 car yeah. and just, like, parks it on there. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I'll have to watch it. It's pretty good. He's it's a good. pretty good actor. Yeah, he is. It was well done. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't understand. Isn't Infinity a sponsor of Red Bull? No, they they've um, they also sponsor. Yeah, oh, they did move to yeah. Renault. Yeah, because oh, it I used to that. be Infinity Red Bull Racing, yeah. but and then when they switched to Aston Martin, then now they're oh, partners with uh, I guess Renault. I, I, maybe I was just way behind. So. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> hilarious, man. That was a f- I, like it didn't really get that much views at the time. I don't know what it's up to now. No, but, but it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh. that's a perfect guy you want if you're trying to market yeah. your company. <laughs> I'll watch Pretty, after. Yeah. Um, all right, but just to, I guess, wrap up uh, this episode talking about Charles Leclerc. He's the, the man of the last two races. And I, I can't help but wonder that after seeing Leclerc the last two races, but especially in this race, do we think that Vettel's chance to win a title at Ferrari has already passed? It seems no. like the best days are behind him. No, I don't think so. 
I think he's still next year. I think he still has next year. I think that I think the next two years should be kind of his moment. Yeah. Um, and I think after that, I might say might he might not win one, but I think the next two years he still has a good chance to go, to get himself a title. He's a four-time world champion. Yeah, he yeah. can do it. You can never knock him out. No, and I and I'm fully behind him, and I have no doubt in his abilities, even after all these mistakes. And obviously, a lot of people online are. They were asking Crofty, oh, do you think Ferrari will drop him now and all no, this type of stuff? No, for sure not. I, I think that's just ridiculous yeah. talk in, in all honesty because, first of all, who are you going to replace him with? Pascal Verla. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're just proving my point. Yeah. There's nobody to replace him with, and why would you let a four-time world champion walk to a rival being yeah. you know, oh, Red what Bull? What would you do? Or you just swap Raikkonen yeah. with Vettel and Vettel's racing an alpha? Like, yeah. no. Yeah. After a while, I think Vettel could walk into literally any team and still have a good chance to win. But he has top picks for sure. But I don't think Ferrari's ever going to do that. And I think that the support that Vettel gets within the team is still great. When you saw him at the event, the CEO of Ferrari, the Ferrari execs, they're, they're close with him. And they're very happy with Sebastian Vettel in terms of what he brings to the team. And yeah, like last couple of seasons, he's had some mistakes. But he's also produced a lot of wins for them in a lot of pole positions. And he's put them back into a position where they can challenge for a championship. Yeah. So I think that that notion that Ferrari are going to drop him is just crazy. He's going to be there until he wants to be, in my opinion, for the yeah. next couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I just kind of looked at it in the sense of when you see the Q3 incident that happened between them, I, I see a shift in the relationship now. Because before, they were pretty happy-go-lucky, right? They were helping each other. When the Bahrain issue happened, Sebastian was like, ah, you know, too bad for Charles. And Charles was the same way in Canada. But with Leclerc being a little selfish in Q3, not going ahead to provide that toe, it kind of showed that he's got that winning instinct, right? And I think that Vettel probably realized maybe for the first time that this isn't going to be... Leclerc isn't just going to move over and let him win races. So he's got to go and take it from him. And even the handshake afterwards, I don't know if you saw during the team photo... I guess it's expected, but it wasn't the most friendliest of handshakes. Hmm. You know, Leclerc wasn't like Leclerc didn't really look so apologetic to him or any sense. It was kind of a cold handshake, just just looking at it from afar. So that's an interesting dynamic, in my opinion, with how the relationship will turn out for the rest of the year, especially after Italy. Um, yeah, yeah, no, sorry, go ahead. Uh, that's up to Matteo Bonanno to make liaison, really, make yeah. sure that his drivers are on the same page. Yeah. It's going to be a tough challenge for him now, and yeah. especially next year if Vettel comes, if they've got the best car on the grid, Vettel will then be able to show what he's got. And um, yeah, I, I was just thinking because in terms of when you look at the last couple of years, he's had Kimi Raikkonen alongside him, which was a clear number two driver. Mm -hmm. And I think that 2018, 2017 seemed like the best chance for him to win a world championship. Now you're in a difficult situation where not only are you battling the Mercedes is still, you're also battling Charles Leclerc and Clearly, Charles Leclerc is not going anywhere. All the questions are answered about him dealing with pressure, how he's going to deal being a young driver in Ferrari with all that pressure. He's already dealt with it. And mm -hmm. winning in Monza just further cemented it. And now, like, the entire team is behind him. So he's going to start to get favored strategies, et cetera, et cetera. So I almost looked at it as if, ooh, maybe, maybe his chance and maybe his time to win a world title has already passed. But I hope not. All right, I don't think so. I don't think so either, so. for sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we'll see what happens. We will soon see a B1 Sebastian. B1. Do, yeah. Does he win a race this year? I think so. Yeah. I think so too. I think I'm going to call it. Uh, yeah. I'm going to call the race he wins. Which one? Japanese Grand Prix. Mm. 
I'm just thinking in terms of the track. Yeah, calling it. There's a lot of downforce needed there. I'm calling it. Okay. Wet race, maybe. Calling it. I all I'll say is that I think it's going to be unexpected. That's exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) Because like when we predicted this weekend, you're expecting it, so it's not the unexpected. But yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) My brain hurts. Yeah. (laughs) I, I no, I mean like in terms of. Like, Hamilton will get pole. He'll start, like, fourth on the grid, and then something will happen, oh. and he'll win. Or, it, like, it'll be a track where Ferrari's just not that good for, for whatever reason, and then Germany-style race, wet race will happen or something. I don't know. Hopefully. Hopefully he wins. No. I always want Sebastian to win. Yeah. I like him. The power tracks, though, are, like, the European season's done, and that was kind of the last of the power-heavy circuits. USA, there's some. Um, Mexico, you have Mexico, the long straight. Mexico, you have the long straight. That's about it. Abu Dhabi. No. Boring racetrack. True. A <laughs> little straight, but... I guess that's really it. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, unless Ferrari have found something with their car, but I, I still think they're struggling there. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Vettel will win the Vietnamese Grand Prix <laughs> next year. Next year. Oh, that'll be a long time without a win. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, anything else, then, from uh, from the Italian no, Grand Prix? I don't think so. Singapore. Just driver of, the, driver of the day, then? Oh, for us? Driver of the day? Okay. You guys go first. <laughs> Charles Leclerc, for me. The way he dealt with Lewis Hamilton, the way he dealt with Valtteri, the fact that Vettel spun and left him out there to dry with two Mercedes at his back and still won the race. Charles Leclerc, driver of the day. I'm going to pick two. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I'm just going to pick Renault. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll be different from the guys. I'll go with a guy from, I'll go with Daniel Ricciardo. But now that you guys said that, <laughs> I need another driver. So. I mean, Charles Leclerc is given for sure. Like, he definitely, yeah. he's definitely yeah. the best driver in the grid. But in terms of stuff we haven't seen this season, I'm just going to give it to both Hulkenberg and Daniel Ricciardo. I think they both did a very good job. Uh,. Yeah. Do you need suggestions? <laughs> no, I'll I'll just agree with both your points, which is <laughs> unappetizing, but fair enough. I, yeah, I, those are my two. I was hoping you'd be like, oh yeah, sure, of course. I'd be like, ah, Daniel Ricciardo. And <laughs> I got you. You didn't get me. That's <laughs> yeah. settled then. All right. Uh, okay. One last thing, quickly before we go, is interesting. I was reading this uh, on the way over here about uh, Michael Schumacher. Um, apparently, he's uh, been transported to a hospital in Paris for a secret treatment. We haven't heard from him, or we haven't heard anything about him, really. Last year? Six months? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he's been getting, uh, these are just rumors, too, but it was written in the article that he's been getting, like, stem cell therapy. Oh, okay. Which, it's good for you, and and it's helping regenerate, uh, obviously, a lot of uh, his cells and the injury to to his brain. But, uh, yeah, they just called it, in quotations, like, special treatment. So, I'm not exactly sure what it is. They're probably not going to disclose it, but... I don't know if we'll hear anything from from this following the procedure. Maybe they finally figured out a way to make people live forever. Maybe this is it. This is the one, Maybe. guys. He's got He's the, the first test. They've got the money, that's for sure. He's getting the best <laughs> treatment out there. So yeah. so yeah. Well, we're all hoping and fighting for Michael. So yeah, we we'll always want him to do. Yeah, always hoping for some recovery. more information. But, yeah, you know, uh, understandably, we don't really get it. So yeah, I just wanted to pass that along to uh, to all the viewers out there. Hmm. And also the the news on Rich Energy and Haas. Oh yeah, yes. No officially more. Officially split. No Moss. <laughs> uh, effective immediately. 
They're very poor, Excuse actually. Me. Rich energy? Poor energy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so, yeah, they won't be running the rich energy decals or logos or anything in Singapore. Uh, the car livery will still stay black and gold, but no more of the rich energy anywhere. Well, I mean, sponsors apply now. Yes. I was going to say, are they going to go, would they go with anything other than black and gold? But I guess I'm trying to think of brands that are black and gold. But I said, it doesn't matter as long as you get a major brand on board. Yeah. That's all they care about. Yeah, exactly. Magnum ice cream. Magnum ice cream. Yeah, they are. I think they are <laughs> black and gold, right? Yeah. 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 I think they'll be looking for something now. Duracell. Duracell. <laughs> Duracell batteries. I thought for a second I thought that was the one with the bunny, but that's that's energizer. energizer. Yeah, that would be good as well, though. Yeah. So open sponsorships out there. If you're looking to sponsor Haas, maybe we'll try and put our logo on there. You're a company. Hey, they might take it. Maybe right. <laughs> you got no money. Here's a <laughs> hundred pounds. Yeah. Go Why for don't it. you sponsor us and put our name on your on your car? Yeah. Hey, we don't have money, but we got heart. Yeah. We do have heart. So there you go. And guess what? We love you, Haas. <laughs> And the other thing that we do have is F1 power rankings that will be coming out. Yes, sure. We're, we're really plugging this uh, throughout this show. Coming out in the next couple of days, we got two weeks until the Singapore Grand Prix, So, uh, and then it will be another back-to-back after that. So we'll have the preview for that race coming out uh, next week, and then power rankings coming out later this week. So keep an eye out for that. And keep on subscribing. Uh, I think we're past 1,100 now, yeah. like we said the last couple of races. I'm reading some things that YouTube might be getting rid of the public subscriber accounts. I hope not, because that would be incredibly stupid, but I wouldn't be surprised because YouTube does some pretty stupid stuff. Um, they, might, they might add it to, like, the the red YouTube or, or red tube YouTube or whatever. Premium? Yeah, YouTube Red tube, you don't want to go on that. <laughs> <laughs> we are was not a, there. There was a YouTube red at one yeah, point, yeah. was there not? There was. There still is? There was. Okay. So is the YouTube premium just, like, subscribing for music, yeah, or can you see other no, channels? No, you don't get ads. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I doubt a lot of people are watching us through there, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. If you guys are interested in that, we can post the subscriber account, but I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, keep on subscribing. And that notification, too, beside it is the bell. You always get uh, notifications on your phone and I think also through email as well anytime we drop a new video. So please do that, and then you can stay up to date with all of our content. Yep. Yep. Good? Perfect. Bene from everybody. All right, thanks again, guys, and we'll see you in the next couple days.